So Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, ask that you would please teach us from that very familiar psalm, Lord, what it means to be grateful to you so that we can leave grateful people. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, I want to say hello to 11 o'clock service and middle schoolers and high schoolers there. Hello to all of you. Uh, happy about to be Thanksgiving. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for being here. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. But I do. I want so many things. I, I want to be successful. I want to go to Rome. I want to live here for the rest of my life. I always want cookies. I want people to like me. I want more hair. And all of that wanting leads to stress and worry and fear because what if I don't get what I want? Or what if I do get what I want and lose it? So between now and Christmas, we are going to be taking a deep dive into Psalm 23, uh, which is a, a psalm about deep, lasting joy in all circumstances, no matter what we face. Joy no matter what we face. And today, I just want to focus on that very first line, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because I'm guessing that like me, y'all want some stuff, right? Because all of us at some point feel like we're lacking something that we want. We think, I lack the grades I want. I lack the friends I want, the title I want, the income I want, the body I want. We say things like, I'll be content when I finally get into that college of my dreams or that job of my dreams. And we get there and then we're still stressed out. We, you know, we just want more stuff. I remember when, uh, back when I was a college pastor, one of my students got engaged, and when he got engaged, he said, now all my problems are over. <laughs> and I remember thinking, oh dear, do, do I tell him, right? Do I, do I point out to him that in Shakespeare, all Shakespeare's comedies end in marriage, but his tragedies usually begin with one, right? Or just leave it as it is, right? I know, it's interesting, isn't it? And those are all good things to want. Those are all good things to want. It is okay to want things. But if we can't be happy without them, then it leads to stress and worry and fear because contentment is always just one more thing away. One more promotion. One more accolade. I am one kitchen remodel away from nirvana. But then we get those things and we just want more things. The grass is always greener over there until you get over there and discover that it's astroturf. <laughs> so what is contentment? What is it? And how do we get it? Well, let me start by saying what contentment is not. Okay? Contentment does not mean that we like everything in our life. Some things in life are just hard and we don't have to like them. Contentment is also about having no ambition. It's okay to have ambition. It's okay to kind of be, you know, motivated and, and have ambition. That's okay. So that's not what... Con contentment's not those things. Here's what it's about. Contentment is a declaration of independence that says those things are good to want, but I don't need them. My joy is not dependent on them. And there are a couple of ways we get that kind of independent contentment. And the first is, we have to follow the right shepherd. Uh, my grandfather raised both cattle and sheep, so I know firsthand that sheep are stupid animals. <laughs> like, they are so dumb. I mean, have you ever seen a trained sheep? No, they can't be trained. Ever seen a, a sheep fetch? No, right? Plus, they are utterly defenseless, right? Like, nobody is ever afraid of a sheep. You never hear someone say, eek, a sheep, run for your lives. 
right? Which means that they need a shepherd, right? Like we do. They need a shepherd. And the quality of a sheep's life will depend on the quality of the shepherd. A good shepherd will lead them to green pastures. A bad one won't. So the most important question in all of life is, who is your shepherd? Who or what are you relying on to lead you to those green pastures? And be under no illusions. We all have a shepherd. All of us. Is it your income? Your grades? Your job? Your looks? What other people think of you? And does that shepherd care about you? Because see, if we follow the performance shepherd that says to work hard, work hard, work hard, make sure you're successful, we won't be content, we'll be driven, we'll be burned out. If we follow the appearance shelter, we'll always be self-critical and kind of looking at ourselves, never content, never thinking we measure up. What do you worry about having or not having? That's your shepherd. So when we're not content, a great question to ask is, who or what, other than Jesus, am I relying on for my joy? One of the ways you can translate this first line is, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing I need. Contentment is knowing that no matter what problem I face or what opportunity I face, Jesus will supply what I need. It may be hard. We may be pressed in, but not crushed, overwhelmed, but not defeated, down, but not out, because we have a shepherd who will supply all that we need. Maybe not want, but need. You know, the other thing about sheep uh, is they are very nervous creatures. They're afraid of everything, jittery, nervous all the time, kind of describes me sometimes, right? But when they see the shepherd, they calm down. There could be a wolf five feet away, but if they see the shepherd, they remain calm. So if we focus on God, we have more peace. Second, contentment is not having everything you want. It's realizing the value of what you already have. And there's always something to be grateful for. You know, one quick look at celebrities who have all the money, all the fame, everything you could want, everything in the world, right? And they're miserable proves that contentment is not about getting everything we want. You get into the college you want and you're still stressed out. You get the accolade you want, but immediately the thought is, well, what if I don't succeed the next time? And, 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 and contentment is not getting everything you want. It's, it's realizing the value of what you already have. And there's always at least one thing in life that is good. Always something in life that is good, no matter how hard things are. I saw an Instagram post by a guy who said that he was facing a lot of uh, financial problems, a lot of pressure and problems at work, super stressed out. He went to his son's cross-country meet, and he started to think back when he was in high school, and he ran cross-country, and he said, I involuntarily said a prayer of thanksgiving. Thank you, God, that I never have to run cross-country again. Because <laughs> he hated it. There's always at least one good thing to be thankful for in life. And you find it, and you're going to be more content. Third, contentment is wanting the things that last. Every happiness study ever done, and I've read a bunch of them, every happiness study ever done say the same thing. Lasting joy comes down to three things. One, good relationship. Good relationships. Two, meaning. That is a sense that I'm making a positive difference in the world. And third, transcendence. Connection to something bigger, a.k.a. God. All happiness studies always come down to those three things for lasting joy. A while back, I got together with a guy in his, in his 30s who was going through a really difficult season in, in life. The company that he started had failed. 
so he didn't have a job. He and his wife had suffered several miscarriages, and his mother died at way too young an age, all within the space of a year. And he said, it's been really hard, but the weird thing is I've never been happier. He said, last night my best friend and I were on our knees praying for me, and I realized I've never had such good friends before. And I know he loves me for me, not my, not my achievements, because I just failed in my business, and he still loves me. And the miscarriages were horrible, but they brought us closer together. And my wife and me, we've never been closer. And God right now is more real to me than the ground I walk on because I'm relying on him every single day. And my wife and I also got involved with a group that is helping kids in Africa. And it's way more thrilling, way more exciting than anything I've ever done in business. So thank God for hard times. I've never been happier. That is a declaration of independence. His joy is in God, relationships, and making a difference in the world, things that last. So that raises the question, if we're honest, well, then how do I train my heart to want the things that last? Because I don't always want things that last. I sometimes want things that are very temporary. So how do I learn to want the things that last? Well, Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So what you invest in is what you love. I think it's part of why parents love their kids so much. We invest in them. If that's, whatever you invest in, that's wherever your treasure is, that's your investment, that's where your heart will be. And if that's, if that's in work, there your heart will be. If that's in accolades, there your heart will be. And there your heart will be disappointed because those things do not provide lasting joy. But you can train your heart to want the things that last by investing in eternal things. So let me give you, for instance, for instance, my kids, one of the interesting things about my kids is they've never really much liked Christmas Day. The presents, all of that, they've never really been very into it. And I think that's because one of the decisions I made when they were toddlers was that in December, I would only do one evening meeting, uh, our elder meeting. That's all I would do. The rest of the nights, I'd be home, and I'd be home every night, and I'd build a fire, and I'd make hot chocolate, and we'd watch Christmas movies every night. And at first, when they were little, it was just Charlie Brown and the Grinch over and over <laughs> And over again, right? I've got, they're embedded in my mind, right? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. I can do the whole thing if you want. Right? Like, when I'm old and my memory fades, I'll be there in the home, like, you know, <laughs> reciting the Grinch. And as they got older, we added other movies, Elf, Christmas Vacation, that sort of thing. And now, you know, they don't watch them with starry-eyed wonder like when they were little, you know. Now it's more of a teenage snarky kind of thing, which actually is more fun, right? I take my daughters to the Nutcracker. We do Snowflake Lane for a month, all this stuff that we do. So Christmas Day means it's over. Now, we do other things throughout the year, but Advent is this season where we invest time in the things that last. Family, relationship, making memories together. So who cares what present I get Christmas Day? Another way the Bible says we can train our hearts to want eternal things is to give. Old Testament says 10% to the worshiping community you're a part of to support the work of that church. The New Testament says giving should be sacrificial. Which means for Christina and me, 10% is not nearly enough. So we give 10% to this church and over and above that to other Christian causes that we believe in. And it does three things. One, you see God provide sometimes miraculously. Two, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. 
So last week I told you stories about how this church is breaking cycles of poverty for hundreds of people, in some cases literally saving lives around the world. When I give, my heart is more in those eternal things, so I have more joy. And then third, you discover that you can be happy with less than you thought you needed. And there's some, on your way out uh, in the connector, there's some commitment cards. They look like this. We'd love you to get one, fill it up, pray over it, fill it out, give it, return it this week or in the weeks to come to help all of us train our hearts to want eternal things. Contentment is following the right shepherd, appreciating what you have, training our hearts to want the things that last. And then finally, contentment is the joy of less. Because too much of even a good thing is a bad thing. Back when our kids were toddlers, I remember once we uh, took them to the beach for a couple of days, and the first day at the beach, we just packed with all kinds of activities, right? But that night, by that night, my daughter, who was about three at the time, was exhausted and just lost it as only a three-year-old can lose it, right? And she started crying and running around in a circle crying, and she said, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out, somebody put me to bed! Okay, it really makes you feel like a bad parent when your three-year-old has to give you parenting advice. They're like, wow, we really suck, right? Like the three-year-old is self-parenting, right? She'd had a full day of really good things. There were just too many of them, which describes probably most of our lives. Lots of entertainment options, food options, information, material comforts, toys, good things, but too many of them, right? And so, and, and sometimes we freak out, and so someone has to put us to bed. Because having everything you want can make you miserable sometimes. And then your world gets small, and you obsess over small, small, small things, and pretty soon you're upset because your latte wasn't done right. Not that that's ever happened to me, but just in case it's happened to you, right? So we need to learn to say, enough. In fact, another way to translate this first line is, the Lord is my shepherd, and that is enough. So maybe as we head into the holidays, maybe go on a technology fast. Maybe put down the phones for a couple hours every day or one day a week, and instead play board games as a family or watch movies together or go spend time with some friends. Maybe say no to some holiday invitations so you have more margin. Maybe keep presents simple this year but very thoughtful. One of the best Christmas presents of my life, my daughter gave it to me last year. And several years ago, I was in Paris and had hot chocolate at this restaurant that, that was unlike any hot chocolate I'd ever had. Right? I mean, it shouldn't even have the same name. It tasted so much better. Annie has had it as well, right? It's like, it's like a whole different thing, right? And I always talk about it, but you can't get it here. So last year, my daughter got online, found the recipe, printed it out. That was my Christmas present. One of the best ever. It is definitely the gift that keeps on giving because I keep making that stuff over and over and over. See, sometimes less is more. Five years ago, uh, we took our kids to Disney World. And the first day in the park, we got dinner in the park, and I took the food to the table and handed it out, and all three of my kids said, thanks, Dad. And the guy next to me said, your kids thank you for feeding them. And I said, well, at home, no, but whenever we're in a restaurant or a place like this, yeah, they always say, thank you. And he, and he said, all day I've given my kids everything they asked for, every toy, every candy. I said no to them once, and they threw this massive fit, and here your kids, thank you for feeding them. How'd you train them to do that? 
And I love the word train, right? Like they were seals, right? And I said, I didn't train them. They just do it. And he said, well, why do they do it? And I said, well, if I had to guess, I think one reason is that we can't take a trip like this every year. I mean, actually we could, but my wife and I, we give a bunch of our money away to things we believe in to help other people. And so what it means is we have to save up for a couple of years to do a trip like this. And so we can look forward to it. And because it's not every year or even every other year, it's special and they appreciate it. And he said, giving, does that work? I said, well, you just saw, right? Like you're the one that started this conversation. I was fine without you, right? <laughs> now, let's, let's just be clear, okay? If you can go to Disney World once in your life, that puts you in the top 1% of rich people in the world. So we're not talking deprivation here, okay? My kids are not deprived. But the fact that my kids have less, as compared to some, actually makes them more content, not less. Because sometimes having everything you want makes you miserable. So, how content are you these days? And how can you thank God for the good things this week as we go into Thanksgiving, for the good things you do have and invest in things that last and experience the joy of less and most importantly, follow the right shepherd rather than all those other shepherds in your life? Because ultimately what this psalm points to is Jesus who says, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep And when Jesus said that, everyone who heard it would immediately have thought of Psalm 23, which means we don't have just any old shepherd. The Lord, Jesus, is my shepherd. So my confidence, my hope, my joy is in him who died for me. Doesn't that mean he will give me what I need? Which means when I am close to him, when I am close to him, I don't need more money. I don't need more accolades. I don't need more titles. I don't need a more prestigious college, more of this, more of that. I don't need those things because the Lord, not any old Lord, but the Lord who conquered even death, the Lord, Jesus, he is my shepherd and that is enough. So Jesus, thank you that you are more than enough, that you give us what we need. And Jesus, we live in a world that always says more. So Jesus, teach us the joy of less and help us to hang on to you with both hands so that we can know your joy. And Lord, we will be grateful, grateful people, and we will sing your praises. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.